0: The hosts of the Real Life Wellness Podcast are not licensed medical doctors, and this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or any form of professional therapy, nor is it intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any illness or condition. All content and information in this podcast is created for informational purposes only. Please seek medical attention for matters relating to your health and never disregard the advice of a medical professional or delay in seeking it because of something you heard on this podcast.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary and Kisa, where we talk about different ways to integrate healthier habits into your life. I'm Mary Preston, and with me as always is Kisa Amaro. Kisa, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get deeper into today's topic.
0: Hey, friends. I am Kisa Amaro. I help dedicated moms control their food cravings by going beyond the nutrition to develop a healthy relationship with food and with themselves. Excellent.
1: And I'm Mary Preston, a licensed marriage and family therapist and a life coach. And I help mental health professionals get control of their emotional eating. And I have a six session program that guides you through discovering why your eating habits feel out of control that teaches you how to be in charge of what you put in your body. And my next five day challenge Starts on August 6th. It's five days to conquer your workday without those sugary snacks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Friends, before we get started, um, we just want to remind you about our Facebook group. Have you joined yet? You should join. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This is where you can leave us feedback, questions, or suggestions. And we love to get feedback about our podcasts. Uh, we love questions about health and wellness and related issues and even suggestions for future episodes. Um, we'll also be posting our episodes and supporting resources that we mention um, in the episode there. So after this episode, head on over to Facebook and join the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary and Kisa group.
1: Woo! All right. Join our group. That's where we're at. Okay. okay, okay. On to our topic of the day, which is emotions and how to feel them. Feel your
0: emotions. So today we're going to be talking about emotions. And you may be thinking, why? Why are we going to talk about emotions on a wellness podcast? That is because it's a huge component to overall wellness and weight loss. And it is highly ignored, in my opinion in mainstream nutrition, weight loss, and wellness information out there. So we are going to talk about it. Uh, We are going to dive into our desires, our urges, and anxiety, and how our thoughts create our feelings.
1: Excellent. Yeah. So before we dive specifically into emotions, um, we wanted to do a quick intro to the model taught by Brooke Castillo. Uh, This is A model that Keith and I have both been kind of drawn to found it really useful and it's just one way of looking at the interaction between thoughts feelings and behaviors and the way that Brooke uses it in this really simplified way has become an invaluable tool that I use often in my practice so I want to share it with you guys Uh, before I go on I'm sure I've said it a thousand times I'll say it again listening to Brooke's podcast has been life-changing for me and I just encourage everyone to check it out from the beginning she does a really excellent job explaining this model. We're going to do like a, like a one-minute shot of this. Um, she explains it much better in more detail and goes through a lot of examples. So I recommend you head to the blog post for this episode, and um, I will share the link to her podcast as well as a worksheet that gives you a visual for this model. So here's how the model works. Uh, at the top of the page, at the top of the worksheet, you'll see the word circumstances. So, circumstances can be described as the facts or reality. It leaves out all of the drama. If you were to tell the story of Cinderella with just the circumstances, it would sound something like this Cinderella's father died. Her stepmother and stepsisters required her to clean. She was visited by a woman with magic who gave her a dress and a ride to a ball. She went to the ball, danced with the prince and left at midnight. She lost her shoe. The prince found her shoe. He found her and gave it back to her. The prince and Cinderella got married. Very boring. Circumstances are very boring. They're just facts without opinions, without judgment. They're not good or bad. There's no emotion involved. They're just neutral facts. If we told stories like this, nobody would listen to them. Um, But then we have thoughts about these circumstances, and this is where it gets exciting. Thoughts are the sentences that form in your mind. It's everything your brain tells you about the circumstances. So you may, you know, if the circumstance might be, you know, Cinderella was required to clean and you might have a thought like she shouldn't have been required to clean. You know, there's such jerks about her cleaning. Those are thoughts that you're having about her circumstances. And our thoughts are what create or drive your emotions. So emotions or feelings, which we will go into in more detail in a bit, can be described as vibrations in your body. This includes feelings like angry, happy, sad, disappointed, joy, calm. And then the next line includes actions. So the model suggests that everything we do is driven by our desire to move towards or avoid an emotion. So we might avoid feeling disappointed or move toward feeling happiness. And the last line is results the results that we are currently getting in our lives are the result of the way we are thinking about our circumstances. So circumstances are neutral. They're very boring. They're just the facts. Then we have thoughts about the circumstances. Those thoughts create an emotion. And then because of the emotions that we're feeling, it drives us to do something either to avoid or go towards. And that's what creates our results. So, just a little summary of the model and how it works. And it's kind of how we base all of our information off of.
0: Yeah, Mary, thank you. That's a awesome description. And, uh, like you said, uh, we both listen to Brooke Castillo's, um, podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does a really good job of explaining and going into more depth. Um, yes. so head on over there if you want to get more information about the model. Um, so, Mary, let's start off with what is an emotion.
1: All right. So uh,
0: what's an emotion and are emotions and feelings the same thing?
1: Well, emotions and feelings, i you know, there is like a thousand different definitions of emotions. I looked up emotions on Wikipedia just for just for kicks, and the definition mm-hmm. it gave was much different than this one. So what I want to say is the definition that we're using – In this scenario, emotions and feelings are the same. Um, But for like any psychologist listening, other mental health professionals, you may have a different definition of emotions or feelings based on the theory you're using. And that's totally fine. I just like to use what's useful. And this particular definition has been really, really useful for my work with my clients. Um, So basically, the best description, most useful definition that, that I've heard is this one. Um, that emotion is just a vibration in the body caused by a thought that we've had. Um, and like I said, this is the most useful, right? It's just a vibration. It's not dramatic. It's just a sensation. And here are some facts that I think are important for us to go over when it comes to emotions. They don't hurt us. This is really good news. Mm Um, I do, a lot of, or I, I did in the past, I'd like to think I've done a lot of work on this, um, a lot of avoiding of emotions because they felt so, I, I like they, they feel so dangerous. <laughs> right? But emotions themselves are not dangerous. Negative emotions are just like communication provided to us by the brain. So the feeling of fear is a signal that something dangerous might be near, or it's a signal communication from your brain that, you know, you're getting, um, your intuition is telling you there's something dangerous nearby, but the feeling of fear in itself isn't dangerous. Um, okay. the feelings of shame, embarrassment, disappointment, they can be really, really uncomfortable, but they will not kill us. It's very good news.
0: That is great news.
1: Yeah. And they only last about a minute. So okay. There's differing opinions on exactly how long an emotion lasts. However, we can be safe to say that emotion might last about a minute before it turns into something else. Circumstances change or we have a different thought or we just get distracted. Either way, if we can brave out a negative emotion, it would take about a minute to just sit with it until it starts to kind of transition to something else. So all that being said, we don't have to avoid them. I've spent a lot of my life avoiding negative emotions, and I think many of us have. My favorite methods of escaping negative emotion is food. Um, When I'm eating, I'm distracted, so I don't have to face the feelings. My other go-to buffers um, or distractors from emotions, um, and so these might be other things that our listeners might be using, are... Like not just eating, but thinking about my next meal. I used to spend a lot of time kind of dreaming, (laughs) dreaming and drooling about what I'm going to have for my snack. Yeah. Uh, Also drinking alcohol, napping, watching TV, Facebook. I do a lot of Facebooking when uh, I'm Mm -hmm. bored or having a feeling I don't like. And we all have something. Um, So it could be any of those for you, or it could be like cigarettes, shopping, overworking, exercise, In this particular episode, we're talking about food.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, Mary, you have just given us some amazing and very useful information about emotions. Yeah, that's, it's great. Um, I also think that it is important to introduce the idea or reality that Mm -hmm. we are not meant to have positive feelings all of the time. (sighs) We are bummer. meant to have <laughs> negative emotions in our life about half of the time. I mm-hmm. know it sounds like a bummer, but let's go a little bit deeper into this. So without negative emotions, we don't have positive emotions. So there's a balance, a yin-yang, I, try, um, I like to think of it, um, of emotions in our life. If we were happy all the time, the novelty or excitement would wear off. Uh, we need to have negative emotions in order to experience our positive emotions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we need the sad in order to experience and feel the happy. Yeah. Um, so this concept was huge for me. Uh, I used to be under the assumption that I was supposed to be happy all the time and that it uh, and it's what I would strive for. And of course, this didn't happen. I wasn't happy all the time, so I would get upset, angry or feel like a failure because I was sad, depressed or lonely. And since I believed that we were not supposed to be feeling a negative emotion, I used things outside of me to cover up the sadness, the loneliness, or the depression. Um, and that was usually you know, food procrastination or TV, or even, you know, like you said, Mary, thinking about food, like did a lot of like thinking about. What am I going to eat next? Yep. Um, Yeah. So once I realized that I was supposed to feel negative emotions half of the time, it was like this huge weight lifted off of my shoulders. Um, I could feel sad and it was okay. I could feel depressed and it was okay. I could feel frustrated and it was okay. Um, I think this realization was my first step into feeling and allowing my feelings Uh, which has been one of the biggest tools for me in stopping emotional eating. Yeah. So I just mentioned that my realization that negative feelings were normal and a part of life. um, And that was an epiphany in feeling and allowing my feelings. So what do I mean by allowing my feelings? Let's look at all the possibilities when it comes to dealing with our emotions, especially our negative ones. So Mary, what are some common responses when a negative emotion comes up? All
1: right. So there's generally four ways we can respond to an emotion and this is positive or negative, but it's Mm -hmm. just much easier to see when we're talking about negative emotions. Yeah. You can avoid it. You can resist it. You can react to it, or you can allow it, like Kisa was talking about earlier. So the first, avoiding, is what we are doing when we overeat or overdrink or shop or take drugs. We're distracting our brain from the problem and doing anything in our power to not think about it. When we're overeating, we can focus on food and flavor, and you know, even the time we spend shaming or guilting ourselves or focusing on the number on the scale, it's all avoiding addressing the original emotion. Because we kind of drive our thoughts to other distracting ideas. The second way we can handle emotions is resisting. Um, When you resist, there's an awareness that you're feeling an emotion that you don't want to be feeling, and there's a belief that you shouldn't be having it. There's like this internal argument that begins. Um, Resisting is interesting because instead of making the feeling go away, it, it layers the original emotion with other emotions and it kind of builds like rolling a snowball down a hill. Um, my clients with, clients with panic attacks can really recognize this um, and we talk about this all the time. So say I start to feel some anxiety, then I think that I shouldn't be feeling anxiety and I feel guilty that I'm feeling anxiety. Or maybe I think this anxiety should just go away and it doesn't and then I feel powerless on top of anxious. And then because I'm feeling anxious and powerless and guilty, my body begins to react physically with shaking and sweating and nausea. And I think that everyone can see how anxious I am. So I begin to feel embarrassment and shame and it builds and builds and we become panicked. Um, That's kind of a, I like the idea or the example of panic attacks because it's an easy way to see it. But we do this with any, any emotion that we try to resist. So as we try to push it away, it becomes stronger. Anger is often similar. You know, I shouldn't be feeling angry, so I push it away and then I feel guilty for feeling so angry and on and on. Mm. Um, The third way that we can deal with emotions is reacting. When we react, we try to make the emotion go away by acting it out. So when we're angry, that might look like slamming things around, shouting, becoming physical, uh, reacting to sadness. (laughs) I love to watch babies having, um, you know, having tantrums like wailing and loud crying and just really acting out the emotion. You know, they're not really allowing it and feeling it. They're like, I never get what I want. And like pounding on the ground and adults do these things too. We're a little more subtle about it, but Mm -hmm. um, you can see, you can see the result of, of reacting. Uh, So when we resist, avoid, or react to an emotion, we don't fully experience our life that goes for negative and positive emotions. It's kind of a bummer, but when we buffer our negative feelings with food, we also lessen the positive emotions. We don't get to choose which emotions we dull down. When we avoid emotions, we avoid all emotions. So that's why we start to feel a bit like numb zombies. Uh, I can recall the first time I went to my therapist like many, many years ago and I cried and it was the first time I had really allowed myself to feel strong emotions. And I didn't recognize that before I went in, that I was just completely dulling all of my emotions. I could feel happy, but not very intensely. I would have good times, but couldn't really experience them to the fullest because I was using food to dull down those
0: negative emotions. It was also dulling the positive. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great point, Mary, is that Mm. when we dull our negative emotions, it's also dulling our positive.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: And yeah, I know in my own experience, just, you know, being able to allow and process my negative emotions, I have been able to, you know, like my positive emotions have been, you know, more intense and Mm -hmm. just amazing, really. And I didn't know that that was... Out there, impossible <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy it's been going on for so long
1: <laughs> yeah we I, well, I mean, if you think about how long we've been taught to you know buffer our emotions away for so long yeah. that to allow them and to feel them and to finally kind of let those free it's it's a little surprising, yeah, it is we'll let you all be the the investigators in that scenario. We are hoping that that you'll be able to do that too. Because Mm -hmm. the fourth way to react to an emotion, or the fourth way to handle an emotion, uh, which we're going to encourage you to try, is to allow the emotion. And this one can feel super scary, but it's totally worth it. Um, We're going to talk more about this in a little bit and give you some tools to help guide you through uh, the process.
0: Awesome, Mary. So to recap, the four ways we deal with emotions are avoid, resist, react, and allow. And what we are suggesting is that we use the fourth way: allow, mm-hmm. um, allow our feelings, um, and that is the the best way, the, the most. What, what is the right word for that? Mm, I mean, it's.
1: I feel like it's the most useful the if you useful. Want to stop emotional
0: eating and start Thank you. That's the word feeling. I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> the most useful. Um, yeah. So when we avoid, resist, or react. To the emotion, the negative emotion is still there on the other mm-hmm. side. We just avoid or buffered it momentarily by avoiding resisting or reacting to the emotion. So for instance, if you overeat to avoid an unwanted emotion, after the eating and then shaming, the emotion is still there. Because you know, it's not just the eating, because mm-hmm. after we overeat, we have shame or guilt about it. So you're left with the shame and guilt Um, and the overeating, and the original emotion that you were trying to avoid. So just think about the last time you overate, binge-watched Netflix, or overdrank. What feeling were you trying to cover up or ignore? So maybe it was stress, boredom, or overwhelm. You felt amazing in the moment when you were eating, watching a show, or drinking, and running away from your feelings. But what were you left with after the overeating was over? So most likely a stomachache, lost time, a hangover, maybe, shame, guilt, extra weight, and the very emotion that you were trying to so hard to get rid of. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: You know, I think I shared this quote on another episode, but I really I love the idea that quote unquote dieting isn't hard, <laughs> you know, you just you just don't mm-hmm. put certain foods in your mouth. What is hard is feeling your feelings. So when we decide to quit sugar or stop binging, the basic principle is easy, right? You just say, no, (laughs) you just don't purchase it from the store. You stop eating when you're full, all of this advice that we're endlessly offered by well-meaning experts. So why is it so hard? Um, You know, I can use the example of, I used to have a muffin, you know, I'm a very routine type of person. I used to eat a muffin every day at 10 a.m. on a school day when I worked at schools Um, And then when I decided to stop eating a muffin, the principle of it was easy. (laughs) 10 a.m. comes, no muffin in the mouth. However, when I didn't have the muffin, what was I left with? Boredom, discomfort, overwhelm. And at the time, I was in the business of avoiding negative emotions. So feeling boredom felt like something had gone wrong. So I tried to fix it with other healthier snacks instead of recognizing that I was feeling boredom. Trying to figure out why I was so bored, I just made the feeling go away with other food
0: hmm. so Mary, what you are proposing is that it is not the stopping of eating unhealthy food or you know overeating the food in general, mm-hmm. but it's the emotion we're left with right okay um, so if the best best and most useful way to respond to an emotion is to allow it then when were we taught this? When were we taught to how to feel or allow our emotions? As kids, we are told all of the time to not trust our own feelings. We were told by our caretakers and, you know, with the best of intentions that, you know, there's no reason to be upset. Don't be scared. You don't really feel that way. It's cold out. Put your jacket on. Yeah, it's a- with, working at
1: schools, I think, is always fascinating because, yeah. you know, you hear a variety of ways that different adults react to children's emotions. And I've actually heard adults just respond to a child's emotional statement by saying, no, you're not.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm so
1: sad. No, you're not. You're not and sad. You're not sad. No. You don't not. mean that. You don't mean it. Yes. God, we're, You know, well-meaning. We've heard yeah, this over and course. over as a child. So it's no wonder we have mm-hmm. difficulty with it. You know, parents, teachers, and caretakers, they have the best of intentions. They're teaching us to the best of their ability. But the truth is like my mom and dad were not taught how to allow their emotions. So when you see someone burst out crying and you've been taught that you should shut that down immediately, that's what you teach your child to do. You just tell them to stop crying, stop pouting. No, you're not scared. Um, And just as a side note, we are also told to ignore our own. We're told to ignore our emotions as well as our own hunger and satiety signals, right? We're told there's starving children in Africa, right? This creates
0: mm-hmm.
1: a huge problem later in life. So oh, yeah. we ignore our feelings, we stuff mm-hmm. our feelings, and then we're also not even aware of our body telling us that we're full. So we create kind of a, a perfect storm.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, This constant denial of our feelings is confusing and upsetting as kids. Mm -hmm. Um, It also teaches us as kids to not know or trust our own feelings um, and what they are. And it also teaches us to rely on a trusted adult's perceptions instead of our own. So we rely on our caretakers, our teachers to kind of tell us how we're feeling and even like, oh, are we hungry? Are we full? You know, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, so personally, I've noticed this when, uh, talking and interacting with my daughter, she is, um, just, you know, getting into the terrible twos, (laughs) which (laughs) really aren't that terrible, you know? Um, but I, you know, she is, you know, we're more interactive with her as far as verbal, verbal interaction. Um, She's not just this cute little baby that rolls around anymore. She no. has her, her own thoughts and feelings. Her own personality <laughs> is coming out. Her own personality, her own wants and needs. So, you know, I observe m- my talk with her and notice how many times a day, a day I deny her feelings. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it can be in subtle ways, you know. So now I'm working on acknowledging her feelings. So often she's cold or scared. And instead of saying, oh, there's no need to be scared, I respond by saying, you know, like loud noises can be scary. Like, yeah, you're scared because, it's a, you know, it's a loud noise or, mm-hmm. you know, animals, uh, new animals can be scary or getting right. close to animals can be scary. So uh, and then, of course, <laughs> this is the one that cracks me up the most. She's often cold. Um, and you know, we live in Guam, a tropical Island where it doesn't, I mean, it's in the eighties and nineties, like for it to be in the seventies is like rare. Um, and it's very humid here as well. Um, so now she's into saying, you know, she's cold. Um, so instead of saying like, oh, you're not cold or you can't be cold. How can you be cold? You know, I say you're cold. What would you like to do about it? You know, so just acknowledging like, okay, you're cold. So what do you want to do about it? Um, and usually she'll like a blanket, like she wants a blanket to be, you know, wrap up in a blanket or something. So yeah, uh, I'm definitely working on that with my daughter. Um, and yeah, the, the concept of denying our feelings and relying on adults to know what we are feeling stays with, stays with us into adulthood. We're not taught how to allow our feelings. So there is no subject in school entitled Feelings 101. Uh, So many of us, yeah, there should be. So many of us grow up and spend a large amount of adulthood not knowing how to feel our feelings. Instead, we resist, avoid, or react to our emotions by overeating carb-laden and sugar-laden foods. So if we are supposed to allow our emotions in order to stop buffering with overeating, and we have never been taught how to do this, and how do we do this? <laughs> how do we allow our emotions? And even more importantly, why? Yeah. And I think we may need to share the benefits of allowing our emotions before we head into the process.
1: Little disclaimer.
0: <laughs> yeah, a little disclaimer because this is going to suck a bit. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, so why feel our feelings when it could, when we could just eat all the food and not have to feel our negative emotions. So the benefits could include, um, it could lessen our desire for food that, that don't give us the results we want. So that could be like weight loss. Um, so these foods could include cakes, ice cream, cookies, donuts, chips, or just overeating in general. Mm -hmm. So if we didn't have the desire to overeat, then we wouldn't overeat. Um, Another benefit is it'll lessen our emotional eating, Mm -hmm. the actual action of the emotional eating. Um, Feel our positive emotions with more intensity. So like I mentioned before, you know, being able to feel my negative or allow my negative emotions, I was able to, um, more fully feel, um, be more present. I would say there's like this more presence uh, when I am feeling a positive emotion. It's more intense as well.
1: Yeah, that alone um, is a huge payoff,
0: totally. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like, yeah. Um, and then of course, you know, weight loss. You yep. self-confidence, sense of control. Um, and there's a short-term uncomfortableness for a huge payoff. So that's kind of like our, our disclaimer here, like short-term uncomfortableness, but then the benefit is huge, huge long-term payoff. Benefit. And you can do it. Yes. Just listen to Mary and do what she says.
1: <laughs> so I want you to imagine this, right? The cushion next to you has just set on fire. So you <gasps> begin to feel hot. Instead of recognizing that you are hot because there's a fire, and that you should fix the root cause of the feeling, you get a glass of ice water, a bar of chocolate, maybe you take a bath, you get on Amazon because shopping always makes you feel better. However, there's still a burning fire next to you and you haven't addressed the real problem. That is what we are constantly doing with our emotions. Just like the fire, the actual root problem doesn't get solved and it grows if we ignore it. So when we finally decide to stop eating and buffering the emotions away, All of a sudden we look around and there is a raging fire in our living room. So it can be kind of scary at first when we decide to pay attention. There could be a lot of, you know, there could be a raging fire that you need to put out. There might be a lot of little fires that have been smoldering and growing for a long time. However, like I said earlier, the emotions that you will feel will not cause you actual harm. And the work of putting out the fires of addressing the real issues is completely worth the effort. Then you don't have to shop to feel good. You don't have to eat chocolate to feel good. You can allow yourself to experience life. And when an emotion arises, you can look it in the eye, ask it what it's trying to tell you, and you can address the problems as they arise.
0: Okay, now that we understand the benefits of allowing our emotions, how do we do it? How do we actually go through the process um, to feel these freaking emotions? (laughs) All right. So I've got an activity. seems very simple at first. Yeah. But take it
1: lightly. We like simple, but I think sometimes people go into it thinking, oh, that's easy. Not easy. Simple. simple. So first head to the show notes, download the worksheet that has the instructions. It is really, it's best to plan ahead for this activity. Don't, you know, especially in the beginning, don't wait for it to happen. Um, choose a time of day that you find yourself buffering, snacking, overeating, For me, this is usually right when I get home from work. It's always the time that I'm, you know, feeling uncomfortable, a little bit overwhelmed. And so I hit the kitchen and I'll find myself just like opening cabinets, looking in the fridge, not even looking for anything in particular, just like, what's going to fix this? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that's the time that I would particularly, that I would do this worksheet. So have your worksheet printed out and ready for you. Uh, You may want to leave it on your desk at work or on the kitchen table. Um, Make a plan to sit with the worksheet and fill it out instead of finding a snack in that moment The first step on the worksheet is optional But if you're someone who likes to look back at your worksheets, it can give you a little context so you can write in what's going on like the date um, And then what the circumstances are like got home from work looking in cabinets for a snack The next step is to name the emotion so Try to figure out, you know, is it boredom? Is it discomfort? Is it anger? Like we talked about before, we're going to add an emotions list to the show notes as well. So you can find a good word. And, you know, you may want to print that out too and have it next to your worksheet. So you can just look through there and like find one that that resonates with you. So give it a name. And then after that, you're going to tune into your body. And this is where it it seems simple, but or it seems easy, but it's not. Um, I've listed, you know, a couple different body parts on the worksheet. So you're going to go through the list of body parts and describe what the emotion feels like. Um, Avoid using thoughts and feeling words here. We want to describe the physical sensations. So when I introduce this idea, often a client will describe the emotion of anxiety with something like, it feels like I want to cry, or it feels like I want to run away, or it feels like something terrible is going to happen. And these are all thoughts. So we want to try to describe this as physical sensations. So words like tingling, tightness, squeezing, expansion, butterflies, numbness, hot or cold. So to use myself as an example, you know, I often have the feeling of anxiety. It just kind of shows up constantly. And for me, this feels like, tingling and sometimes cold or numbness in my fingers. Sometimes when I'm really anxious, it goes all the way to my elbows. Um, My feet and jaw can get numb. I get a tightness in my stomach and a squeezing feeling in my chest. The rest of my body kind of alternates between tingling and numbness. Um, So describe what you're feeling in your body. The worksheet, um, if you're listening and haven't downloaded it, you know, you just kind of want to go through this activity. List body parts to check in with. So first your hands, then your feet, then your face, check in with your stomach and your chest, and then your arms and your legs. And I listed other because not everybody is the same. And sometimes people will get like a, a different feeling like in, in a, you know, up their back or somewhere else. So if you have another feeling that you're like, this is important, write it down. And then the last step is to simply sit with these sensations. So set your timer to two minutes if you'd like. Two to five minutes is good. And for these few minutes, you can literally sit or like walk around a little bit. But don't do anything that will distract you from the emotion. Tune into the feeling of numbness in your hands. Tune into the nausea in your stomach. Tune into discomfort. And I want you to go about this like you're a researcher. Like imagine you're going to teach a class of third graders about what the emotion feels like. Tell them about what boredom feels like in the body. Find words to describe what's going on. And hopefully over time, you'll be able to do this automatically. You'll be able to sit with a feeling for a longer period of time. So my goal for you, as it is with many of my clients, it's kind of a, a two pronged approach. I call it right. Because Life is 50% positive, 50% negative emotions. And if you remember in the model, it's our thoughts that create our emotions. So eventually, I want you to work on finding the thoughts that are creating your emotions and slowly change them on purpose. Hopefully, by thinking differently about your life, you can begin to have more quote-unquote positive emotions, such as in control, powerful, calm, happy, at ease. However... Like this is the, po- the problem with positive thinking experts, right? Like you look on Facebook, social media, and you're like, that is so fake, right? Like nobody is positive all of the time, right? right? So, yeah. and you're right. You know, we, we don't want to be positive all the time. It's 50-50. Some of the times we're going to have negative emotions. And I think we want to have negative emotions. You know, I want to be really? sad if somebody I love dies. I right, enjoy a really good sad movie. You know, we're, we're not trying to take away the negative emotions, but I think sometimes our negative are so intense that we want to start transitioning our thoughts to more neutral or, you know, calmer or, um, like switch them a little bit more over to the positive side. So that's the first prong of the two pronged approach. And then the other, of course, is what we've been talking about is, uh, being able to sit with those negative emotions that come with life. So we're working on allowing the negative emotions while at the same time, we're working on recognizing the thoughts that cause the negative emotions and eventually choosing more useful thoughts. All right. And that worksheet should help you. It's like a starter, a starter assignment to what do emotions feel like? Let me get used to naming them. And then over time, you should be able to catch it in the moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if, First of all, this is an awesome exercise that Mary is sharing with you. Um, And like she said, if you, you know, like first you're going to have to schedule it in and kind of do it on purpose. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, after doing it over time, over and over and over again, you won't necessarily need to like have the worksheet with you and write down these things. You'll just be able to do it in your mind in the moment. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Mary. That's awesome.
1: Yes. With all of that in mind, we're going to give you our five tips.
0: Yeah. We always want to leave you with some nuggets of information slash kind of like these doable things you can take away. So our five tips for allowing your emotions, our number one is the 50-50 rule. So just by basically understanding that you're not supposed to feel positive emotions all of the time, so happy, excited, joyful, love, lust, calm, all of those. Um, it, it has, for me, it has made me feel so much better when I'm angry or super sad that this is, you know, this is just a part of the 50% negative or, you know, crappy emotions. And if you only felt positive emotions, life would be weird. It would be weird. Yeah. So you just understand that, you know, half the time you're going to feel a negative emotion and it's okay. Totally fine. Just part of the 50.
1: Yeah, It's part of the 50. So number two, tip number two is getting to know your emotions. So when I first started recognizing my emotions, I was at a loss for the name of the emotion. I couldn't tell you if it was a good or bad emotion, but I couldn't tell much more. What was helpful for me was to find a list of emotions on the Google Sphere and really look at them. So the next time I was feeling bad, I had a reference of emotions to look at and better pinpoint what emotion I was feeling. So finding an emotion list online um, or use the one that we've shared in the show notes and use it to help you identify what emotion you're feeling. And then once you can identify emotions, you can figure out which emotions you're buffering with food. To help you find out the next time you overeat in order to avoid an unwanted emotion, ask yourself, what would I be feeling if I wasn't eating this? You can even stop eating the food and sit for 30 seconds and see what comes up. Are you stressed, overwhelmed, depressed? This will help you identify the feeling itself, which can be helpful in allowing it. Number three is to remember that emotions cannot hurt us. Emotions are just a vibration in the body. They are a message, a communication from the brain. If we take the time to tune in or allow the emotion to move through us, the worst that happens is we feel uncomfortable for about a minute before the emotion moves on. It may come back, but you can do this over and over again until it doesn't feel so painful. And then we're gonna work on number four, recognizing the thought. Over time, we want you to try to get in touch with the thought that drives your emotion. As we described in the model above, it's our thoughts that creates our emotions. And there's like a millisecond between when you're gonna go about your day and when you have extra food in your mouth that you don't wanna be eating or know you shouldn't be eating. This millisecond is super important. This is where you have a thought that is creating your emotion, which in turn spurs the action to eat
0: food. And our last tip for you, number five, is to schedule it in. So practice makes permanent, my friends. Set aside time to practice the activity that we introduced on allowing your feelings. Maybe it's right when you wake up, after work, after dinner, or before bed. Bonus points for recognizing that you are about to buffer or distract yourself from an emotion and hold off. Take two to five minutes to allow a negative emotion to come up and then just allow it. Don't resist it. Don't avoid it. Invite it in and let it flow through you like a wave. Those are our five tips. Yeah. Do it guys. Do it.
1: All right, friends, that's all we got for you today. Thanks for being awesome as always. And listening in, if you'd like to know more about us, you have any questions or comments, especially about emotions. We love to talk about emotions and emotional eating. Head on over to our dedicated Facebook group. You can also contact Mary at her website at www.maryalicepreston.com. That's M-A-R-Y-A-L-Y-C-E-P-R-E-S-T-O-N.com or Kisa at her website at KisaAmaro.com. That com. www.K-E-Y-S-A-A-M-A-R-O.com. Woo! So if you have any awesome. qu- questions or comments, join us, the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary and Kisa our Facebook group. We'll answer your questions. We'll talk to you. We might just make a podcast just for you. Yeah. That'd
0: be sweet. Yeah. Just for you. Bye friends. Bye.